I don't know what your memories are like, but my memory of my childhood is, isn't great. I mean, for, for before the age of 10, I mean, I can probably name uh, half of my primary school teachers. I'd, I'd need a bit of reminding. Uh, I'd have to ask my mom what, who my fourth class teacher was. I don't know. Uh, so there's, there's, there's huge gaps. When you, think, when you think of your childhood, like there, you remember certain Christmases and certain events and certain visits and uh, those kind of things, but there are, there are huge, huge gaps. But then if you go back even a little further to your, your, your childhood, when you were a baby, obviously we've probably practically no memories before the age of three, uh, maybe four, d depends on, 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 your, on, 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 the, on the individual. But so much happened in those first three years of your life that we actually have practically no recollection of at all. And one of the main things that happened uh, repeatedly in those first couple of years was our parents had to make great sacrifices. And obviously when, when I, I, I talk about parents here, I'm always, I, I, I presume people's experience of home and people's experience of family was a good one. That may not always be the case, but uh, obviously I'm, I'm, the purpose of this is to, to, to understand how God the Father works. So again, if my presumption is that that family is a good thing, is wrong, uh, it's kind of an issue for another day that that, that that needs to be looked into and healed as well. But my, my point is, when we were young, when we were children, so often our parents had to make sacrifices for us that we were unaware of. So how many sleepless nights did I cause? Apparently I was a colicky baby. I'm not even sure what that means, but it's not a good thing. Uh, so my parents would have had plenty of sleepless nights because of me. And then plenty of nappy changes. And then just the fact that I had to be constantly, but constantly, constantly watched as a child, as a toddler. You know, you have to constantly, constantly watch them. See how moms are preparing dinner, and they have to prepare dinner while still watching the, the toddlers because they'd hit their heads off tables and door handles and all the usual things. So constant surveillance, constant attention, uh, constant need. I was in constant, I'm sure all of us, all of us as children are in constant need. And we receive and we receive and we receive the love of our parents without even realizing that it's costing them something. We just receive it. It's, it, it's a free gift. It just, we, you know, we, we fall, they pick us up, we get dirty, they clean us. We, they know our rhythm of sleep and when it's two or three o'clock in the afternoon and we need our rest, they know already, they know we're gonna, we're gonna get grouchy and a bit cranky. They bring us off for our rest and all that kind of thing. Okay, why am I saying all of this? When we look at God the Father, who is a, the, the perfection of fatherhood, in comparison to him, we're constantly children. We never, even if you're 90, you're still a child in God's eyes. And he has spent all of eternity and all of your life showering you with love and protection and picking us up and helping us. Now, there are times we ran away, as, as kids do. <laughs> there were occasions when we ran away and decided to make decisions for ourselves that ended up going badly. I remember once uh, we, were in a shopping we were in a shopping center in Thurles and uh, there was a display of soft drinks on a kind of a carousel. And I, as a four-year-old, thought it'd be hilarious to hold on to it and run around as fast as I could. What do you think happened to the bottles? <laughs> they all flew off in every direction, some bursting and exploding and making a right mess. Uh, Mom then obviously had to pay for them and excuse and apologize on my behalf and that. But all of these things, we, we, we choose to go our own direction and make a mess. That's not God's fault. He has spent all of our lives loving us, trying to protect us as, as much as we will allow, 
lifting us up and drawing us to himself. This is our father. This is our father who I think we know we know our knowledge of him is so deficient, so insufficient. We don't know our father half well enough and we will never know his love for us eternally. In all eternity in heaven, we will spend all of that time delving into the love of God for us and discovering it ever, ever more deeply. But for the moment, we're, we're quite oblivious to it as a child is to the love of their parents and the sacrifices of their parents. And God who sees us, knows us, and loves us and wants to draw us to himself. He who, who, who celebrates our every victory. He who encourages us. So much of that goes clean over our heads. We have an infinitely, infinitely loving God. So this is how God treats us, like according to our, our gospel. When you give her a lunch or a dinner, do not ask your friends, brothers, so that they can repay you. What God gives to us, can we ever repay him? He invites us to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Right? He invites us to heaven. Can we ever repay him in any way for any of this? No. It's a pure gift. It's a pure gift. So Jesus is telling us in this gospel to, to love like him. To love like him. To love without counting the cost. And to love not to be repaid. But simply because this is our calling. To love like Jesus. To love like him. So we ask the Lord today to deepen our love, that we can have hearts that love like his, that our love might be self-effacing, that our love might be selfless, that our love might be ever more divine.